0: Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president
1: and founder of the St. John Institute. Leaders find themselves at the crux between the practical and the ideal, between what is expedient and what is best. How does our faith help us navigate staying in power and using our influence while following the teachings of God and practicing virtue? One way not to do it is to follow the teaching of Machiavelli. In this first of a series of talks on anti-leaders, we begin by studying Machiavelli and the prince. Hi everybody, thanks so much. I'm glad to have this chance to study with you and One of the neat things about taking time away from your busyness and the busyness of doing to come on one of the St. John Institute's leadership retreats like you're doing is that you get a chance to really learn at the heart of things what's going to help you to become the leaders that God is is calling you to be in your family and in your workplace in depth. It's one of the few most necessary things that we just do not get a chance to do in our life. It's almost like a luxury that we are not afforded enough. And that is the ability to think, (laughs) isn't it funny? You know, you'd think that, you know, thinking is something that we all need to do. We all recognize that. But when was the last time you could actually sit back and ask deep questions about what you have to do each day so that you can do them better? Well, that's what I want to do here. I want on this retreat to allow you to indulge yourself as much as you want in the, your ability to seek truth, right? And to affirm it and to grasp it. Because the fact is, if we can reflect on what we're doing, we'll be able to do it better. What archer trying to hit the bullseye would be able to hit that bullseye if he didn't practice setting forth his arrow again and again and again. Well, in the same way, how many of us are going to be good leaders if we don't take the time to examine good leadership? And one of the key questions that comes to us in everyday modality in our family and in our businesses is the question of keeping moral integrity when faced with difficult decisions of comp- that force us to compromise our principles right? It's, it's one thing to say, you know, it's just easy. We do what God wants us to do on a personal level, but when you're judging and and leading an organization or when you are confronted with real options for the left or the right, for good or for evil in your life, is it ever okay to do evil so that good will come of it? Is it okay to compromise your principles in order to maintain your position of influence? especially if you're trying to do good things with your position of influence, right? This is a historical fact that's just been throughout the histories of, of leaders, this type of challenge. How is it that I stay faithful to God and actually in touch with the world around me and gain and maintain the respect of the people who follow me? This is a real balance. And yet our faith speaks to us about this a lot, surprisingly. And I want to go into that. I want to start by giving us the context of a thinker who gave us the wrong answer, all right? His name was Machiavelli. Machiavelli wrote his most famous, he wrote many different uh, works. His most famous was The Prince, which appeared in 1513, It was finally published in 1532, right about the same time as the, the Renaissance is going on in Italy and you have the rebellion of the German church against the Vatican leading to the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther. At that same time, a thinker in Italy, writing in the Italian vernacular instead of the the traditional Latin, puts forth a work in political philosophy that offers this opinion. It is expedient and necessary for the leader to sometimes choose evil and to know how to wield the wrong in order to stay in a position of power because the world is not perfect. It's a real challenging thought because it's one that comes to us every day if we're honest in our parenting, in our citizenry as members of the Republic, and then even more so as the leaders of organization. I mean, I, we have to make decisions. How do I effectively stay in power and navigate things in a terrible world. Is it okay to denigrate someone's reputation behind their back if that's what's necessary in order to stay in the fight? Is it okay to lie? How much can I lie? At what degree, to what degree may I lie, right? Is it okay at at times to maybe not pay our taxes in order to make this or that take place instead? Can I do, may I do evil as a Catholic leader in order to stay in a position where I can do so much good? You know, to what degree can I compromise that, those principles without compromising them, quote unquote, too much? Right? This is the questions that are in front of us and we're confronted with this every single day. Machiavelli goes right in front of us with a solid answer saying, in fact, you must be willing to compromise. But my question to you is, is he right? What happens to our leadership When we lead in the way that he's describing, is it worth it? These are the questions. So before we begin, I want to go ahead and start us off with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Dear God, Heavenly Father, source of all truth, you promised us the spirit of truth, and you sent us on this difficult task to lead, to influence, to shape the world in your name god give us strength and courage to find the truth to stay in it and to obey you in all things while we continue to be relevant and lead the people entrusted to us we make this prayer through christ our lord amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen
0: Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org, that's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E-Ministries.org,
1: and subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. So I want to start with, right off the bat by talking about this Machiavelli text by, called The Prince, and this is not something that I'm endorsing at all. But it's a fascinating, he has some fascinating thoughts in it. And what I like to do by studying who, the people I call anti-leaders, it helps us to better understand what God's asking from us in terms of true leadership. The leader that we follow is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, right? And he shows us a path of leadership that's the, the, definitely the way to go. I want to try to unpack that. Sometimes it's helpful though to appreciate Jesus and to appreciate all that he gives us, to take a look at what I call an anti-leader, someone who's clearly (laughs) not leading in the path of Christ, in order to really appreciate all that he really offers, and to show you and me the unique pathway forward, that of Catholic leadership, okay, that what, what this actually means. So let's take a look, first of all, at this Machiavelli text. I'm I'm taking a look at the Prince. I'm going to focus in on chapters 15 to 23. It's where he talks about the character of the Prince himself and what the Prince needs in order to rule over the States that he has annexed or whatever it is. And starting in chapter 15, he has some amazing insight here. let's just read this together. It remains now, he says, to see what ought to be the rules of conduct for a prince towards subject and friends. But being my intention to write a thing which shall be useful to him who apprehends it, it appears to be more appropriate to follow up the real truth of the matter rather than the imagination of it. For many have pictured republics and principalities which in fact have never been known or seen because how one lives is so far distant from how one ought to live that he who neglects what is done for what ought to be done sooner effects his ruin than his preservation. For a man who wishes to act entirely up to his professions of virtue soon meets with what destroys him among so much that is evil. All right, so obviously it's written in a bit of a fanciful style from the 1500s, but if we look at it closely, I think the meaning is actually very current to what we face today. Machiavelli just said this, the first step in order to rule is to accept that this world is dark and the reality of life is that evil is omnipresent if you're going to rule in an evil world you better be ready to do evil that's the summary of his statement and then he you know goes on to say you can talk all you want about a fanciful world of virtue where people are good where christianity reigns and everybody loves god but the fact is that's not the real world and how many times how many movies and how many books right Do we actually have that? Some of us even maybe can think of our own personal journey as leaders and where you start off and you have these noble ideas. I'm going to be a good guy. I'm going to be a great king. You know, I'm going to be a saint. And then life seems to knock you down. I think that the story of a true greatness is not written in the annals of perfection, but rather in the story of what people did with their imperfection. Your true greatness is not going to be found by you avoiding evil, my friends. It will be found in how you choose to respond to how evil has affected you. This is my answer to Machiavelli. Because Machiavelli would like to say, since the world is evil, then you should immediately accept that you too must be a part of that same evil. That you too must accept that you, you know, you're gonna have a part to play to be just as bad as those that are around you. And the sooner that you accept that is the sooner that you can stay in power. Well, obviously that flies right in the face of the gospel, which says, no, the goal is not to stay in power. The goal is to follow God and to be obedient to goodness. How, about, how do we balance between the two? Especially when we look back at our own lives and we realize that we actually are imperfect. That whether we intended to or not, we have been a part of the undoing of many good things in our life. I don't know anyone who gets to a certain age of maturity who doesn't look back over their life and have some regrets, doesn't look back and say, I wish I could have done this better, who's not affected by all kinds of calamities and, and moral afflictions. You know, the, the older that we become, we become kind of like the earth. The older that you go, the crack, the more cracks appear. And the more you realize just how imperfect you are. Machiavelli would say, well, the quickest, quickest way to do that is simply to not let those cracks be seen. Don't let anyone know where you're imperfect because then they'll kick you out of power. Instead, have the appearance of goodness, even if in fact you have to accept to do what is wrong. I'd like to say that that's a cop out. That there's something greater in you than appearing to be good and hiding away the imperfections that you've done. The Christian message is that Jesus Christ came and died to save sinners. And that our imperfection and our moral flaws, and even yes, our proclivity to sin, summons a trust in his mercy that allows Jesus Christ to demonstrate his power in our weakness. And this means that as a leader, I should not be afraid of my own faults and failings, provided that they allow me to hide in Jesus and to allow his grace to shine in me. I think that a truly dangerous leader is one who pretends to be good when they're not, instead of one who humbles themselves before his own imperfection and lack of goodness. Knowing where we're weak allows God to work through us. Because if I know where I'm weak, then I'm able to cooperate with his grace by avoiding that weakness, the better. See, wisdom isn't found in living a perfect life. And power is not found in living a perfect life because none of us have that perfection. Instead, wisdom, and true power are found by humbling ourselves in front of our God to rely upon his grace and his strength precisely there in order by him to attain that goodness and that perfection of our influence for which we strive imperfectly without it. This is the, this is the great moment, in other words, for you to be a Christian. The moment to, to the degree that you discover that you're not Christian that's precisely there that you start to become one. <laughs> the Lord meets us there. And Machiavelli totally misses that point. He wants to just begin by, it's almost like he forgets the redemption, right? He's over there saying the whole world's bad, so you need to be ready to be bad if you want to be a part of the world. I like to say, you know what, that's a cop-out. Christ did not call you into, to be his leader so that you belong to a sinful world He called you to be his leader so that you help him to save it, right? To have the courage and audacity to stand, yes, with your feet in the mud, so to speak, of your own sin, perhaps. Yes, but your heart and your mind raised to him and your hand reached out to grasp that of the Savior so that through you others, too, who stand in this dark and dreary world can find hope. My goodness, what is the the extent of your leadership about anyway? Are you just here to make whatchamacallits? (laughs) You know, are you just here in order to produce something? That's not why you're on the face of this earth. He didn't put you in a leadership position because he needed someone else to push buttons and and make a project run, okay? If a computer can do what you're doing, it's not leadership. A computer cannot replace a leader a leader and true leadership. It's what you do with the inner life of those, how you impact the inner soul of those whom you influence. Right. So yes, it's done in the field of computer and project management and workflows and, and delegation of tasks and measurement of outcomes. Obviously that's the, that's the position of the leader. That's the circumstances of leadership. That's what you have to do, but let's be really clear what you're supposed to be all about. And it's not just making this world turn over one more time. And in the revolution of a life, no. What you're here to do is to bring a perspective and a hope to this world through all of that and in the world's language of the world to come and the salvation of God. And that means that If the world is a mean and nasty place, the last thing that I need to do is lay down and join those who are mean and nasty in the world. Simply saying, but that's the only way to stay a leader. You're not leading anybody. That's what I would tell Machiavelli if I got to meet him one day. I say, listen, Machiavelli, what exactly do you think, what kind of leadership are you doing? He equivocates leadership and power. I'd like to never do that. Christ does not does not equivocate leadership and power. He instead leads truly even in the impotence of the cross. This is why St. Paul will say, the cross is a stumbling block and a scandal to the Greeks and to the Romans, but to those who are being saved, it is the wisdom and the power of God. How do I lead from the cross and lead in the cross how do I follow Christ into that truth that sets people free well my friends that is precisely why you're here
0: Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind visit our website at stjohninstitute.org dare
1: great things for Christ A true Christian leader keeps the perspective about why we're leading always in front of us. And as I said, the the gospel is clear what leadership is all about. It's awakening in people the sense of their true greatness to bring to this world a realization of its true purpose. Now, I know that this is a really far removed from what you have to do every day. I mean, if you're an auto mechanic and you've got to just figure out how to make the cars get through that shop, you know, in a better way, it's really hard to think such lofty thoughts, right? If you're a nurse and you just have patient after patient and COVID cases coming out of your ears and all of these different things you've got to take care of, it's really hard to stay In that perspective, I agree with you. I'm not saying to make some sort of ideal out of your life, which is in the nitty gritty. But what I am saying is that you need to bring into that nitty gritty, the power of the ideal, not abandon it, not trade one for the other, but to not lose perspective either. That the reason why you're a nurse isn't just to bring patients through a hospital and make them better again. It's by making them better again, to give them a glimpse of their own dignity in the eyes of God, that their life is worth living and their health and their goodness is in order that they be an instrument of greatness in this world. Or if you're a mechanic and you're there, it's not just to make the cars better, it's so that by turning over the, the cars one after the next in the garage you have the ability to elevate the quality of life of everyone in the city by the usage of the cars. And that quality of life is in there in order to make their home life better, their own life of comfort better so that they can reflect and pray more easily, etc. Everything is linked to the spiritual. And even if our life and business seems far removed, huh, it's not. And our role as a leader is to do what we have to do, keeping that ultimate perspective always in front of us. So what's the perspective of a Christian leader, of a Catholic leader? Our perspective is to bring Jesus Christ and his power into the lives of those whom we influence. In the end, that's really what it's all about to the degree that's proper and that we can, even if we can't say his name in an overt way all the time or bear witness to him because of our different corporate environments and the different respect that we have for people in the world, I understand that. But it is by the way that I carry myself every day in my business and the way that I live by the strength of my character to let this whole world know that the world is not its own point. <laughs> what Machiavelli does in chapter 15 of the Prince is he throws out the idea saying, listen, if you really want to rule, then you have to accept to compromise. You know, just say that, you know, I get his point, but I totally disagree. I think that instead the gospel and the Bible show us that the moment that you compromise. Your morality, in order to stay in power, you have robbed your power of its dynamic influence. You've made of your leadership a shell because you've forgotten the point of why you're leading to begin with. (laughs) You've traded in the dignity of saying, and my friends, this world is made for God. And you've instead said, my friends, this world is its own greatness. (laughs) What a boring perspective that is. To go around saying, you know what the point of our life is? And everyone's saying, what's that? And you say, the point of our life is to live it. (laughs) My goodness. Yeah, you know, that's fine. I mean, like, it's a good starting point. Like, I'm glad at least you're living it. But you know what I can tell you, my friends? The point of your life is to actually encounter the infinite God and to by falling in love with him, to plunge the finite into the infinite, to expand everything good and beautiful and true in this world to a level beyond which the mind can even imagine, to swim in the infinite goodness and to bring all things that exist into this world into a perfection that never ends. (laughs) That's why I'm a Catholic and I'm leading this business and I'm running this company and I'm running this meeting and I'm organizing this, this project. Yeah. And I'm doing it all with that perspective of the excitement and the romance of faith for this world. This world is loved by God. This world is meant for God. And so if I'm in this world and plunged up to my eyeballs in tasks and task mastery and time management and everything I've got to do, it's with this burning heart inside that says, ah, yes, there is on the other end of this dreary and difficult life an infinite shore, a broad and bright valley, the the joy of the eyes of Christ looking upon me. And that's what motivates me. If you lose that edge, you're like salt that has lost its flavor. It's good for one thing to be cast out and trodden underfoot. You are like a light that's been snuffed out. What good is it to say I remain in the bread if the salt has lost its flavor? (laughs) What good is it for you to stay in your power if your power has lost its ability to serve and lift up? my goodness, Machiavelli represents underneath a very appealing thought. He actually represents the venom of death to the soul. So he says, you know, it is necessary for a prince wishing to hold his own to know how to do wrong and to make use of it or not according to necessity. Isn't that amazing? It is necessary for a prince to know how to do wrong. Therefore, putting on one side imaginary things concerning a prince and discussing those which are real, I say that all men, when they are spoken of and chiefly princes for being more highly placed, are remarkable for some of those qualities. And he goes into his theory, and develops it. The theory is you need to be willing to compromise who you are in order to stay in a position of power. I say that that's an anti-leader because it makes leadership empty and vain. I understand the difficulty, and and, and we're going to go deeper into this as we study the prince and his anti-leadership, but I also understand the call. My God is not intending to make me either an example of perfection or a wimp who quits in the face of the challenge. The Christian leader stands between the two and accepts the difficulty of leading and the difficulty of maintaining the ideal for which they lead. Christ stands in the middle. And as the cross stretches from left to right, from one end to the other of this world, so the power of the cross spans the abyss of that daring challenge to remain relevant while remaining true. The absolute here in the first point to make is that Jesus commands us to remain true in the face of that, to provide a true relevance to those whom we serve by our leadership.
0: Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.